Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome to Emerald City Hockey's post-game live after that uh, 3-1 loss to the Kings there. I got really mixed feelings after this one. Obviously, I'm bummed about this. This was the Kraken's kind of felt like their last chance to maybe make a, you know, that kind of last-ditch effort to get up into the third seed um, within the division there. I did not probably not going to happen now after this one. Um yeah, this this one was this one was a little rough, but also some interesting things. And I feel like we learned a lot about this Kraken team tonight from this game. And I'll get into that more later. Obviously, let some more people um check in uh check into the uh to the video here a little bit. Um, but uh yeah, uh, my my initial reactions was that the Kraken actually played a pretty decent game. I was I I thought they played really well. This is partly why I was saying like last week, I felt like the Kings are really the team that I would most like to have a first round matchup with, because for whatever reason, we just play them well. And, you know, that's just the way things go. Sometimes it doesn't have to, you know, always have to be like, oh, they're the best team in the standings. Therefore, we were the worst against them. It just doesn't work that way in hockey. And this was a good example of of kind of uh, of that because I felt like we played the Kings really well through most of this. The Kings weren't able to really do what they wanted to do offensively. They just kind of capitalized on, you know, some rough uh, issues for our team a, a couple times there. But for the most part, the Kraken defensively played really, really well. Martin Jones was solid in net tonight. I, I felt like he had to make some big saves. I thought Carson Soucy had a really good game. Um, I thought the forwards especially did a, a tremendous job back checking and helping out uh, through King's rushes. I mean, certainly no more so than on that, that late chance where uh, Yanni Gord was back defending the two on one and, and was able to go down, force a bad saucer pass across over to Deneau. And then Deneau wasn't able to really recover uh, that pass ever because Tolvanen was coming in hard on the back check and harassing him, not giving him the opportunity to. So I was, uh, I was actually really, really pleased with the Kraken defensively in this one. Offensively, this was not a good showing from the Kraken at all. And I don't just mean, oh, you only got one goal. You only had the 26 shots. Like these, you know, this isn't what I mean. I was really disappointed in the Kraken's inability to either establish something net front or in the middle in the slot, just trying to get something going. I understand that the Kings are a really solid defensive team. Their blue line is stacked. They do a really good job of defending the slot and defending net front. I understand that that is not easy ice to get against this LA Kings team. However, you have to do something. If you're going to be taking shots from the perimeter and from the point the way the Kraken were, you have to do something to either get a screen on the goaltender so that he can't easily save those shots, which is really what Copley was able to do through most of this game was just glove them down or whatever. Or you got to make sure that you're keeping those perimeter shots low so that Copley has to make saves with his leg pads because then there is going to be a rebound. It is very hard for a hard shot from the point to be saved down low with leg pads and not have it spit out a little bit. In which case, so you, again, want to have somebody down there in the low slot, somebody somewhere close by net front who can kind of pounce on that rebound chance. And you look at the one goal the Kraken were able to get, and it was because... They, they eventually got someone down there. Yes, it was fortunate that Bjorkstrand was able to be there to kind of cancel out the clear there. You would have liked him to be more Johnny on the spot, you know, than he already was. Um, but those are the two things. I have no problem with the strategy of wanting to take shots from the point against a solid defensive team 
in that way. But that doesn't stop you from having somebody net front either to screen the goalie or be there for rebounds. Because the bottom line is, what are they going to do? Are they going to totally like, like knock that guy down, cross check him to the ice, interfere with him? like super aggressively, like they can't, they'll, they'll be taking penalties. If they do that, uh, all that player has to do is just kind of win the physical battle to be in the shooting lane at the right time. And I felt like the Kraken needed to do a far better job of doing that in this game. And I think that's why we didn't see the offense from them that we otherwise could have. And that's something that really worries me for the playoffs when all teams kind of batten down the hatches defensively everybody gets you know just a little bit better and a little bit more on it and they're all on top of things defensively the Kraken are going to need to find a way to score the dirty goals and and find a way to, of doing that and tonight was a good opportunity for them to maybe try some things out and I didn't feel like you know if they were trying something out it didn't work uh so you got to go back to the drawing board but otherwise I thought uh I thought uh they they just needed to try some more stuff just be a little bit better just to be a little bit better offensively, a little bit more creative, get in there, try to score some some dirty goals because that's what it's going to take sometimes. If if you're not going to be able to, to pass into the slot or or drive into the slot yourself, um, then you gotta you gotta get creative with it. And I felt like the Kraken didn't really do a good job in this one, and that's why they didn't have the goal support. But otherwise, they played fantastic defensively. Again, goaltending was fine in this one. Defense was good forwards back checking was fantastic neutral zone play all that stuff was really really great for the kraken all that stuff looked playoff ready tonight but the offense just didn't have it and uh the, the offense is gonna need to have it is the bottom line come playoff time uh ricky why <laughs> i don't i know uh well i guess for all those reasons i just explained <laughs> uh nicole rough one it was a rough one um anytime you lose a low event game like this where there's just not a ton going on as far as like the dangerous offensive chances, those few moments where you're kind of on the edge of your seat, good or bad. Uh, whenever you lose those games, it feels that extra little bit worse because you didn't at least have a fun show. It's like, oh, I just lost uh, an otherwise kind of boring game. Um, that's that's always a rough one, <laughs> as, as you said. Um, Irene, I miss Quick and, and uh, uh, Peterson. Uh, tell me about it, right? Oh my gosh, we could... Back, remember back when we could drop nine on these guys? I mean, I do, <laughs> but that was that was a while ago now. I mean, it really was. I'm certainly saying, ugh. I mean, I don't think it was terrible, but ugh. I'm with you. Like I said, there was, well, like I just said, it's a low event game. It's kind of more on the boring side to begin with. So then when you don't win and you're not really able to score goals, it feels that much worse, you know, kind of. Um, but it's it's also just because, like I said, it never felt like we got going in in a way offensively, or at least not until after that first goal for the Kraken in the third period. Then there is that extra level of like, okay, we're right back in this. Let's go. Let's try to get this thing done. And that was fun. And I thought that the Kraken were trying things there. They were, you know, a little bit more creative in the offensive zone. But otherwise, it was... Um, there was there was a long there was long stretches in this one where it just felt like the Kraken weren't dangerous at all. Where yeah, they could get they were getting some shots here or there, but they were like easy saves from a point shot. And it's just I don't know. It's not the most fun thing to be watching. Uh, let's see. I guess we wasted all our goal support in the nine eight overtime win. It does appear that way, Lindsay. Yes, I would I would agree with that. Ty danger close to not five hundred at home. Oh my gosh, the the home record this year has just been brutal. What is this? What does this game make it? Um, 
All right, let's see here. It makes the home record 17, 16, and 4. I mean, if you count those OT losses as losses, then yes, you've if you've gone to every Seattle Kraken home game, you've walked out of there with the team not winning more than you have watched them win. And that's not fun. And it's also not like not something you expect from a playoff team, uh, but uh, it's this is a, a weird road warrior team, and that's just the way they are. Braun, I liked your chicken video more than the last minute or two of that. <laughs> are you saying you didn't like the chicken video the rest of the time? Uh, and I'm telling you, it's not really a chicken video. It is a scouting video. I'm telling you, that is the secret to scouting hockey players. Uh, video up on the channel, everybody, if you want to go give that a, a watch. If you haven't already, definitely suggest it. Um, Julia is pretty, pretty tough to beat sweep a playoff team. It is very tough to, to, to sweep a playoff team in the regular season. You know, if anything, maybe this bodes well for the Kraken. If you do have to face the Kings, uh, because the Kings aren't coming in that extra bit motivated of like, wow, we couldn't beat these guys in the regular season. Now it's playoff time. This is our time. And we're going to just like go out there and slaughter them. Uh, so maybe, maybe this is actually a blessing in disguise should, should somehow the, uh, the Kings maybe win the division and, and we have to deal with them in the first round i don't know but otherwise you're correct it, it's it's a tough thing to do the fact that the kraken were even in that spot shows how good the kraken are and how well they match up against that la king team which again that king's team as both the kraken and the kings are are on the upswing right you can think of maybe vegas and, and edmonton are kind of around their peak and at some point in the next year or two they're going to start you know maybe trailing off a little bit but given the amount of young players that both the seattle kraken and the los angeles kings have they're going to be ascending together here for for the next several years so if if the kraken can kind of build this this kind of you know ability to just kind of have their number and play well against them i think this is something that'll go you know a lot farther than just this season uh, I also think Gruby has one, if not both of those goals from Ty. It's tough because they're like, you know, kind of like the first goal really starts because of the turnover in the offensive zone from um, from Matty Beneers. Actually, he was just he, once he got it in his mind, he was trying to go back to the point and it didn't work the first time. He felt like he had to make that same move again, even though he had the puck. And, and the bottom line was you just telegraphed what you were trying to do. Kings do exactly what he was doing. So you get the rough turnover in the offensive zone. It gets working back and then you have kind of a defensive mix up there um, as well, where you've got, you know, kind of one defenseman around and, and, and uh, Dursey's able to get in there and get behind everybody and surprise I'm here scoring a goal. Um, that that's like just an overall rough sequence. The the Grundstrom goal, like again, it's like a turnover. I don't know. That shot looked pretty good. That that shot looked pretty good. I I don't know. I don't know that I can get get on Jones for this one. But just like I wouldn't get on Grubauer if it was Grubauer in this one, right? Like, or I haven't gotten on Grubauer the last couple. Um, I don't know. I do think that uh, you know we'll see Grubauer come back in the next game probably, and and we'll see where he's at, and then Hackstall can make his decision. Um, panic button status from Striatic here. Um, I don't know. I as far as like making the playoffs, still I still feel really comfortable and calm. Like I guess I'll leave the glass open over the button, but my hand's not over the button. I feel pretty safe here. Got a five point lead and a game in hand on Calgary. You're at the same amount of games played as Nashville, but there's still six points behind you. I, I feel fine with that. I don't know. 
got seven games left here. I, I'm I feel I'm feeling okay. Uh, Habak, does Yanni have beef with all 31 teams? Yes. <laughs> the answer to that question. He just loves getting in there and stirring, stirring things up, mixing it up, net front, running his mouth, whatever it is you want to talk about. Um, but that's also the kind of the leader thing in him because he really only saves that for, for times where he feels like the Kraken need an energy boost. And whether he's doing it for himself or he's doing it for the rest of the team, it, it does get everybody going. It gets the crowd going. It gets us going at home. You know it's got to get his teammates going as well. Uh, so, yes, if you need to find a way to hold the grudge against all the teams, which makes sense for him, an undrafted player, uh, and, and, and to use that in those moments, then go for it is what I say. Michael, Kraken doing everything in their power to make the, the wild card race close. Yeah, they are. Uh, They're definitely wanting to like kind of hang in there and give some teams hope. Uh, I would say maybe not as as much as Winnipeg, but yeah, I mean the crack in their last ten, four, four, and two. I would like to see some more wins in there. I would. Um, Devils joint. Come on, we're not talking Devils tonight. Uh, Rough one for Turbo on his milestone night. You hate to see it. It was it was not the best game from Turbo. You were correct, Rebecca. It was a little bit of a rough one. Michael Kraken desperately need Berkey back. I mean, they need the help goal scoring definitely. You look at any night in which you only score one, that's going to be a big part of it. I still feel like where they really need him is on the power play. And I know you get that power play goal, and that is your one goal on the on the night there. Um, but again, we talked about that. Like that was just kind of they got lucky that the Kings cleared it right onto the blade of Oliver Bjorkstrand. Outside of that, they're not scoring on that power play. And um, the first power play in particular, I put something uh, when it happened back in the first period in the Discord on the game chat screen, and I was like, okay, the the Kings were completely selling out. Uh, to defend perimeter shots because they could. Uh, there was nothing dangerous about that power play. So if you watch it, if you watch the Kings, they are so spread out. They are more spread out than I've almost probably ever at the NHL level seen an NHL penalty kill because they knew they only had to worry about two things. Jared McCann trying to snipe from the point on one side and the Tolvin in one timer on the other. If you watch, if you go back to that first period, you watch that that power play that the Kraken have. You watch that Kings PK. That's the only two things that they are concerned with. They're not concerned with anything else. The guys down low, they just kind of do an okay job of passing off whoever's net front, making sure Copley can still see things a little bit. But otherwise, they've got those top two guys so spread out just defending those two players. And the Kraken did nothing. Where was the guy in the bumper? I have no idea. He should have been wide open alone in the middle of the ice, begging desperately for a pass, but he wasn't. He was somewhere getting covered. I don't know why, uh, but there was a lot of ice space for that that player to, to be in. Um, and Or again, if you're the Kraken at that point, work it down low. Try to work it inside. Just make a move on him. Pass it back to have Dunn start streaking down the middle, kind of splitting the defense if they're going to play out that far wide and have you know Tolvin in when he gets the pass, pass it back instead of trying a one-timer that's just getting blocked by a player who's standing right in front of him. Uh, it was it was one of the most frustrating power plays I had seen from this team that already gives us a lot of frustrating power plays. But that one in the first period I felt like was really, really rough. That's one where if, if a team is ever going to show you that look, 
with their PK unit again, you have to have something ready that the players can go to and pull out of their back pocket. So I would de- I would definitely, if I'm the Kraken, I'm going back and I'm doing some video review and I'm going, okay, here, this is the plan next time. Whether it's that done play, whether it's something else, you need something because if teams learn that they can do that against you on the PK, that they only have to worry about two players shooting the puck, that's a problem. That is a big, big problem you have. Um, uh, so Michael, to get back to your thing, I think Berkey being back on the power play would help a little bit because he's a he's a really smart, creative player, and I think he could help give them ways around that a little bit. Uh, just to go off on that massive kind of power play tangent. Apologies, Hunter. I wish we added at the deadline. We've been so mediocre since then. We have been mediocre since then. I'm be- basically like 500 since then. Um, it's I get it long-term wise. It didn't make sense to sell out the long-term future for this season. It's something that we knew we were just going to have to ride out, but it, I really do wish that we've looked a little better than we have. Uh, Habak, the game-winning goal can't happen like that. I don't want to see that in the playoffs or I'll be admitted into a hospital. I'm right there with you. Uh, we're going to do our, our like playoff, like what should Kraken fans expect at come playoff time? I don't know if it'll be this deep dive because this deep dive, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about who we want to play in the playoffs and stuff. I think it'll probably be the deep dive right right there at the end of the season. Um, but we're going to talk about stuff. And 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 yeah, trust me, I'm, I'm going to have to, I'm my my job in that is trying to come up with like all the ways of like dealing with the stress and anxiety and panic that playoff hockey is going to bring to all of us because uh, I don't know that it's it is something but I'm right there with you if, if you have a play like that where it's just like a turnover right into somebody who can skate and kind of snipe it past your goalie late in a game that's really rough and that is really hard to overcome in any game much less in a playoff game. Uh, very few chances in close for the Kraken tonight. Most shots coming from the perimeter. Need a lot more push to keep up with good teams from Michael there. Yeah, similar to what I was talking about. Again, you can take those perimeter shots as long as you got, you're shooting low for rebounds or you've got somebody net front to have a moving screen or try to get a tip or do something with it. You can't just send shots from the point without like a plan around it. It just won't work. Uh, go check yourself. Give us a series against them and we'll win it. Tough break tonight with the Kings. First lucky bounce. Otherwise, it would have been an overtime game. I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, this this game was still really close. I know I just spent like time criticizing the power play and stuff, but the bottom line was the Kraken were totally in this game. This still, like I said originally, this gives me confidence. Should they play them in the playoffs? This is why I feel like the Kings would be our best matchup. Disappointed the beat LA mojo can't uh, didn't carry over to the Kraken after Sounders beat LA Galaxy earlier from Edward. That is that is true. That was uh uh that that's they did steal our mojo there but as long as we get it back for the playoffs if we need it then we're okay that was a very nice of grunstrom to do that to tanim in his 400th game shaking my head i know i know it was brutal uh edward i disagree that was a very offensive showing i was offended very nice i see what you did there very nice um ty man both teams made the neutral zone tough to get through i was surprised kraken were able to match the transition toughness of la also some new looks on the face-offs in the offensive zones yes so i i agree with you like i said the kraken did a fantastic job slowing the kings down kings never able to get going those two thing those two plays for the kings one comes off of a turnover in the offensive zone is really where it all starts and then you just get like kind of a mix up in the defensive zone and the other one's off just a brutal turnover like that's those things happen, right? Otherwise, the Kraken did a fantastic job. Um, the the new looks on the faceoffs. Kraken won thirty six percent of them tonight. Not good enough. Again, in a close game like this one, 
Oh, you wanna you wanna win some more faceoffs than that. Just saying. Just saying. Uh let's see. Lindsay, did anyone else lol at Sprong pre-celebrating while the puck was still in play, thinking he scored that outrate? Cause I did. I caught that too. That was pretty funny. But you know what? He's been feeling it lately. And when you're feeling it, you believe anything's possible. He I'm sure he believed that goal was going in. I thought for a second it was going in just because hey, it's Sprong and he's on a heater right now, you know? Oh man uh let's see rough night for both the kraken and the mariners from dan it was it was oh it was Black seattle sports teams uniting to ruin everyone's saturday night is sad and peak seattle <laughs> you're not wrong <laughs> not wrong at all uh sarah we might have lost and i want that second goal against jones back but i think the boys played a great game tonight agreed they they really did um, it was a solid game. It was it was a game that a coach is going to love. I guarantee you Hackstall's going to like most of that uh, outside of those few little things in there. Um, whether he's going to tell like RJ and the rest of the media that, probably not. But I, I think that there's a lot of positives for the team to take away, and they should be proud of the effort that they put in uh, defensively and through the neutral zone. I, I do think that they deserve to, to feel proud about that. Uh, Dylan's scouting secrets video is definitely worth checking, or, I mean, checking out. There you go. I'll, I'll add some to the delivery there, Edward. I'm used to being on the other side of that as a screenwriter. I'll add some uh, some some fun delivery to the line. Uh, <laughs> uh, Harvey, crowd felt uh, as sleepy as the teams did. Just wasn't Seattle's night. I'm excited for the future, and hopefully next year we got the kind of away record we do this year, but at home also. Love my guys. Definitely. I mean, I can't speak for the crowd. I wasn't there. We could ask RJ about it. I know some of you were, were there. Sarah just read your thing. You were there, obviously. Um, but I, as I said earlier, a low event game like this where everything's kind of turning into a slog in the neutral zone, they aren't the most exciting games. You're not always given a reason to get excited as a crowd. So I would I would understand if it's maybe not the loudest CPA has ever been. Uh, wasn't getting on Jones. Just think Groovy's quick attack style would have fit those two goals. Well, Jones is all about being in position and smooth. Groovy is explosive as can get and can get those. You're right. You're right. I, I, I agree with that tie. Uh, I do think that on the first one, Jones was a little slow to recognize Jersey was there and the puck was going there. I feel like maybe, maybe Grubauer would have been in a situation like that a little bit more, even if he didn't know where everything was, he would have maybe already been low and trying to like kind of keep track of his posts a little bit better. Uh, I will give you, I'll give you that. I'll, I agree with you. Feisty Yanni, welcome from Harley every day, every day. Harvey Turbo getting those union benefits post play and heck yeah, definitely. Of course. Uh, Nicole Calgary's remaining schedule isn't too bad. Think some panic is warranted. Um, yeah, but the Kraken schedule isn't too bad either. So, uh, and, and keep in mind, Winnipeg's in there too. And Winnipeg's not playing great either. It's not like, like we're the only team Calgary has to catch. Calgary could catch Winnipeg. And as long as the, then Winnipeg doesn't also catch the Kraken, we're fine. So I'm, I, I don't know. If Winnipeg was playing really well right now, I would I would maybe be more worried. But the fact that Winnipeg is kind of just coasting through the rest of the season, kind of the way the Kraken are right now, is is why I'm not as worried. Uh, Kraken, remember, they just have to be. They just can't be odd team out. That's all they have to be. There's there's multiple spots for them. Uh, but that's that's just me. I mean, feel free to feel however everyone else is feeling. Um, imagine how many points Dunn would have if we got our power play together from Jake. Could you imagine? Could you imagine how much money he'd be making if he was quarterbacking this power play? This power play was even league average. 
Like, could you imagine that? I mean, he'd be like, yeah, give me, give me 10. I deserve it. And, and he'd have like a leg to stand on. Oh man. Uh, if, uh, yeah, it, I, that's still the one aspect. It's the only aspect of Vince Dunn's game that kind of bothers me, but also given how bad the rest of the crack and power play is, I, I don't want to blame him for it either. Cause I feel like it's, it's probably just a team and coaching issue. Uh, SJ, I don't know if this is comforting, but I'm pretty sure the playoff stress won't last very long. Yeah, I don't know that that's comforting either, SJ. I understand what you're saying. I think we all kind of touched on that earlier, talking about the um, the fact that they didn't add a ton at the deadline, kind of where the Kraken have been playing right now. Um, I know RJ and I were talking, texting during the game uh, with some kind of scary numbers as far as the Kraken's record versus playoff teams this year, especially in home games. Not good stuff. Um, but I still think that things change for the playoffs and you just never know i mean i watched a king's team not too dissimilar from the king's team we played tonight but i i remember the kings when they won that first stanley cup in 2012 and they were the eighth seed and they knocked off the first seed they knocked off the second seed and then i believe they knocked off the third seed after that because like that's just the way it kept bracketing them uh back when it was just one v eight in the conference uh, and, you know, so so on and so forth down the line. And that was something that nobody had ever done before. No eight seed had ever done that. They went on the road for everything. They didn't have home ice advantage the entire time. And they just were road warriors. And they just went out there and they found ways of doing it. And um, and they played very differently to the way they played in the, the regular season. They limped into that playoffs. Again, they were the eighth seed. And they found a way of changing when the postseason came. I'm... I will not count the Kraken out for finding a way of changing something when the intensity and the pressure gets there and then finding a way to do it, at least for a round. I think there's, I think there's a chance. I'm trying to stay optimistic. I agree. If you just look at it like on paper, Kraken probably shouldn't win. They're a wild card team after all. That's what on paper would kind of imply. But I, I think I've also seen teams really, really pull some stuff out come playoff time. So I'm going to try to hold out hope for that. But I, I totally see kind of where you're coming from as well, SJ. Uh, Ty, currently I'm super lax. We set a new NHL record in season two. I've watched plenty of cup teams to know we, where we are at, and I'm stoked about it. Everything is just a bonus for me right now. It's, it's pretty much my attitude too. Again, Ron Francis said three to five year plan. It's only year two. So, you know, he set our expectations for us. <laughs> Uh, I'm certainly saying I'm with you, Ty. Everything from here on out is just gravy as far as I'm concerned. They have so far exceeded expectations and I'm just enjoying the victories. Again, the fact that we have had more pot, more post-game dance parties than we have had therapy sessions is huge for me because I'm telling you, I don't know how if I could have done two straight years of what that first season was like. <laughs> Trying to come in, bring the energy, bring all that good stuff. It was going to be really, really rough. Obviously, you all are a big part of the, the ability to, to do that on those nights. We all end up having so much fun together. But uh, yeah, there was some times last season where it was like I was really dogging it up the stairs to get ready for post game. I'm like, oh my gosh, another one. Like, oh, I just want to celebrate a win here. And this season, I haven't had that feeling at all um i i've always been excited to hop on here and talk with all of you guys and and that's been fantastic so yeah this season definitely a success as far as i'm concerned um king's power play tactics look like a carbon copy of seattle from daniel yeah their power play is awful um i i do think that's another like positive uh for potentially playing the kings in 
in the first round or in the playoffs at all. They might be the only team we could consistently win the special teams battle against, which is is a little sad. <laughs> it's a little sad, but uh, I, I really do feel that way. Uh, Light with the super chat here. Sucks to lose, but very promising game. Love the defensive play. That's how we'll be able to walk all over the next four teams we play. I agree, because we're not going to face teams uh, that are maybe as skilled as this Kings team. And remember, this Kings team has phenomenally skilled offensive players on Andre Kopitar as great as he is defensively very skilled offensive player Kempe 36 goals this year uh Philip Deneau capable of scoring goals in addition to being a defensive player Kevin Fiala Arvidsson Kaliev is showing up this year for them like there's a lot of talent up front for this Kings team and they just did a fantastic job of shutting them down uh but let's go ahead and hear you know you you've all heard me long enough let's hear what RJ has to say and let's hear what uh but maybe Dave Haxtall and, and some members of the team have had to say after this one, RJ. How's it going? Hey, hey Dylan. Uh, going fine. Um, it was, you know, not not too chatty a group, I'd say, after the game in the locker room. And I think that's just because there's the realization that this one was such a tight game, such a close game. As Martin Jones said, both teams checked very well. And I think there was this realization that it just kind of came down to, you know, one bounce and one mistake and, and really more the bounce than anything. Um, and that this is just that kind of game. I, there wasn't a whole lot of, you know, answers or we need to do this a whole lot better. I think the players realize that, you know, yeah, this is one of those games that can just go either way, uh, depending on how the bounces go. So um, that, that was kind of what we got. I mean, Will Borgen, uh, maybe the, some of the shortest answers, I think he had like a five or six word word cap on his answers there. I mean, he, he just kind of didn't, didn't have a whole lot, but again, like the, there wasn't much more that he could say, I think, after this game. Um, I'm sure you have probably talked about it and kind of processed it a bit with everyone already. Um, Dave Haxtell basically said that, you know, this was, uh, you know, it was a tight game and this is what we have to get used to trying to work through because these types of games, and he's been preaching this and he's been telling us this all season, these are the types of games that you're going to have to learn to be successful in come playoff time or, or near playoff time. And we're seeing that uh, tonight. So, the Kings, I, they played a really good, really structured defensive game. I thought the Kraken did too, and it just came down to the bounce. Yeah, it, it did. Um, we we talked about it uh, a little bit earlier. I mean, the Kraken did such a phenomenal job through the neutral zone defensively. The forwards back-checking, the goaltending was there. The defense was there. I mean, Carson Soucy, I thought, had a really solid game in this one. I mean, everybody did. I didn't remember really ever thinking that anybody was was rough on the blue line. Um there, there was just like a couple things like I, you know, we talked about it earlier, RJ. I get it. The Kings are really good at protecting the middle of the ice in their defensive zone. So offensively, you want to take shots from the perimeter. I totally understand that. I'm fine with that. But if you're taking shots from the perimeter, you either need a screen or you need to shoot low and have somebody there for rebounds. And it felt like the Kraken didn't have that like other part of the equation. Right. You got the perimeter shots, plenty of those. But yeah, it just felt like they didn't generate any of those second, third opportunities that you get when you bring guys to the net to those dangerous areas. I, I agree with that assessment um, and, and just little things like that that you got to work to improve. It's really tough against the Kings. Like they've got mm -hmm. the size to push you out and they will push you out. Um, I noticed you know, plenty of times guys like Yanni Gord, Jordan Everly, Jared McCann trying to get to that middle of the ice in front of the net. And I mean, they're just being shoved out of the way by Kings players. And this is one of those games, too, where, you know, the refs aren't going to call that. That's, you know, just a good physical hockey and it goes both ways. Um, and you're going to see that come playoff time, too. So I don't know. It's it's tough. 
was just gonna say we were we were just talked about the fact that like the Kings are maybe the one team the Kraken could ever really consistently win the special teams battle against. Yeah. Uh, and and my initial reaction when you're saying that is just you know certainly if it's playoff time like go down they'll call it if you go down like, like <laughs> yeah wait no. for that cross check push out you go down they're gonna call it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, like it, it was more where they're kind of along the edges. If you establish the body position and go down, you know, you can earn some calls. I think you saw in the third, Jared McCann. I mean, I forget which king it was that got his stick up in the midsection, but McCann grabbed it and did not let go. Yes. You know, that that kind of thing that can help you in a game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't I you know, I'm not like trying to say like, oh, whatever. But the bottom line is we all know that's how teams play in the playoffs, because when when in especially in a game like this, if this was to be a seven game series where both teams are just going to turn it into this low event slog, you're just grinding it out kind of thing. Every little bit helps. And, you know, everybody starts reverting into that mindset at some point just to get something going. Uh, Daniel, first game at CPA, Maddie's play really pops in person, making so many plays. Same with Dunn and Larson and Sprong. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Maddie Badir is so fantastic in this one. It was really interesting watching him work against both Philip Dino and Andre Kopitar, RJ, because they, let's be honest, they got the better of him. In, in several situations, whether it was in the offensive or defensive zone. But I, I just I know Matty Beniers from from talking with him, from being around, from watching his you know development here from before he was drafted through now. I have to imagine he took and learned a lot of lessons from what those guys were doing to him. And, and in another year or two, we're going to see him doing that to, to other guys. Exactly. And you know that he was really engaged in those battles, too, because those are players that are kind of more polished versions, maybe, of, of what he's trying to be and what he's looking to do, especially against Dano. I loved watching that one-on-one -on -one matchup all game. I was I was nerding out about that, just following the two of them along the ice. And yeah, I agree. Dano got the better of him. But again, that's the kind of progression that, that Maddie's going to have. And I mean, it fits in with what Haxtell said about the whole game is that's the kind of level and the type of play that you have to learn to kind of break through and overcome. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where I felt like, yes, Dano probably got the better of him, but Matty Benitez was right in there. Like if this is like a yeah. boxing match, you're scoring at 10-9. It's not like a 10-8 kind of round where it's just like, okay, yeah, the vet's schooling the kid. It was more just like, no, he just knows the, the little things. And that's yeah. the difference right now. Uh, and I think that's really impressive for, for uh, Matty Beniers at this point in his career. Uh, also from Daniel, are other NHL arenas that quiet when the puck is in play? Seems like Kraken fans are just holding their breath on the edge of their seats. We had someone earlier asking about how, like, kind of how lively the crowd was, RJ. I'm trying to find it. Yeah, crowd uh, felt as sleepy as the teams did. Uh, care to comment on, on what the energy was like in the building? You know, in, in this one, certainly while play was going, I have to agree. And I think part of that was a result of, you know, the way the first period played out. Very, very low event. Um, I mean, the Kraken didn't reach one expected goal until sometime in the middle of the third. Um, so not, not a lot of like close in chances as we talked about. But yeah, I, I think that's an interesting way to put it too. Like where they're kind of just on the edge of the seat waiting to see what's going to happen and just taking it all in and observing. Because um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what it feels like. It's not like it's quiet necessarily. People are always disengaged but in this one it just felt like kind of watching and waiting for something to happen yeah i talked about it too it's a low event grinded out neutral zone game they're not exciting <laughs> like, yeah. like i uh, they're exciting for coaches and i said yeah and i'd say that's happy. 
Yeah, exactly. A game only a coach could love. And I'd say that was also the case for the, there was a few Kings fans. Like there was a sizable number of Kings fans there. And early on in the game, you could hear them. They were kind of louder sometimes too. Or they, you know, go Kings, go chance attempted, not really sustained. But by the end of the game too, they were kind of locked into and it was just quiet all around. Yeah, I, I, I very much believe that. Uh, Rebecca, how many hat tricks across the league tonight? I count at least five. Next Kraken Hattie when? Oh my gosh, tell me about it. That would have been sweet tonight. <laughs> Single-handed yeah. would have gotten it done for us. Um, that's impressive, though. That's a lot around the league tonight. Yeah, I only know of one with Noah Gregor, but um, I mean, good for him. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Okay. I mean, I'm, as I'm just looking up, I'm seeing seven goals for the Sharks, six for Edmonton, six for Nashville, six for Buffalo, uh, seven for Florida, five for Tampa, six for the Devils. What is going on around the NHL? Why did we get stuck with the one low event game, RJ? I know they didn't leave any goals left for us in this one. <laughs> that is pretty funny. Uh, Habak, Yotes have a much better home record. Uh, it just bounced on me. Sorry. Uh, much better home record than us is, uh, having a much better home record than us is comedic and painful. Do we need to make the guys sleep in a hotel room before the game to fix it? Okay. So I brought that up earlier in the season, RJ, the idea of just not letting the players see their families or anything, because clearly that's a problem. Do you think come playoff time, the Kraken would try something like that? Cause I do know come playoff time, teams have done stuff like that. If they have a poor home record. Yeah, it's not unprecedented, and teams will go to desperate measures sometimes, and, and this team just feels like one of those, that they are a different team on the road. And, and you look at the home games, too. I brought this stat up to you um, at the start of the game, where the Kraken, the last time they beat a playoff team at home was January 19th. That's two and a half months ago, uh, and th that's a long time. So, I mean, maybe you do look to do something to kind of change the momentum there. You, you don't want to do it earlier than you have to, but it, it'd be an interesting twist, you know, for a playoff series, especially if you have success on the road. If you like go out and split impressively split the first two games on the road or somehow go up to nothing, then maybe yeah. you think about it. Yeah. Either that, or we need to rename climate pledge arena to some sort of hockey hairstyle and try to get the mullet magic going in the NHL. The problem is they already took the best one with the, with mullet. Right. You can't beat the mullet. So I don't. Ryan don't Getzloff's Chrome Dome. That's my suggestion. Arena. <laughs> uh, Slap that on a t-shirt and sell it. <laughs> I dare you. That's a challenge. That's a challenge worthy of the amazing race. One day Honda center will be called that. Yes. One day. Definitely. Oh man. That is, that is uh, an interesting one. Um, DJ, Tay, at what point do we break the breakaway goal curse? No, RJ, I got excited on that one for Tolby. I know I was excited just because there was a legitimately really good scoring chance. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe this is happening. There must be another defender back there. Um, but yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, I, I even like kind of the decision from from Tolvin and to go blocker side there. There was a little bit of room, just couldn't get the exact spot. And, and credit to Copley on that one as well. Um, it, it's tough. Like, this is something we've seen the few times they've gone to shootouts too. Like, it's not a lot of breakaway specialists on this team. Like, if Ryan Donato is not feeling it, they don't have very many players there. Yeah, that is that is definitely true. Uh, just going to skip down to, to Jules here. Uh, we were trying to kill the Kings' chance. Go Kings Go became Go Home Kings. I like that. I like there you that go. Yeah. yeah. No, the, the Kings go, go Kings Go chance were pretty effectively neutralized pretty fast in this one. Yeah. 
I always love that. Um, Sarah saying the boys looked absolutely gassed after that effort. I agree with that. I mean, it takes a lot of not just the physical energy to play a game like this one, but the mental energy to try to be limiting your mistakes beyond everything defensively, all of that stuff that the Kraken did do so well tonight. Uh, they, those are the most exhausting games because not only are you physically tired, you're mentally tired. And especially when you lose it, you're emotionally tired as well. Exactly. I mean, th this is one of those games where just one mistake can can sink you and usually it'll end up in the back of your net because teams just make so few mistakes. I Unfortunately, it had to kind of come from Brandon Tanev in this one where you just kind of didn't feel the pressure on him. You, you get his pocket picked and of course, Grunstrom just finishes that with a perfect shot. Like that's mm -hmm. so tough to defend, but that's just the nature of a game like this. It can be really frustrating. Yeah. Uh, I'm also going to skip down just because we got a couple suggestions for what the arena would be named after. Stratic right. with Tan of Flow Arena. It's pretty like solid, that. pretty solid, especially because that's something I can like replicate. Uh, so <laughs> I'm in favor of that one. And then Light with Geeky's Hairline Arena. Oh, man. I feel like <laughs> if they had won like 7 nothing tonight, RJ, you could have probably walked right back downstairs and shown him that and he would have laughed, but maybe not tonight. Yeah, no, this was not the night to do that. But you know what? He, he would have a good sense of humor about it. Yeah, and that one I hopefully don't replicate. Uh, <laughs> get that one. Uh, Light, if it will make anyone feel better, our next game is against the worst road team in the league in Arizona. Vancouver is the only real threat in our next four. I, I agree with that. Uh, people talking about where kind of we're at overall in the standings now because of this one, RJ. I'm really not that panicked. Uh, I understand Calgary's been getting hot here. They're they're playing well, but the bottom line is Winnipeg's still below us. They're this they're the wild card sacrificial lamb. It's not us. We're still in an okay spot. Yeah, the Kraken are fine. I mean, they just still to me feel pretty darn locked into that top wild card spot. I would be very surprised to see them move from that at all. I mean, this game just more solidifies you're not getting into the top three in the Pacific, but that's okay. I mean, you kind of just have to stay in that spot and await your opponent. And, and make sure that your own game is the way it needs to be by the time the playoffs roll around. And that's maybe the best situation that you can have. You're mm -hmm. kind of in a situation similar to teams that have clinched their spot already where you don't need to worry about that stuff and you can just focus on your own game and not be you know too focused on just, we need the points, we need the points, however it comes. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I think you're right. And you know what? This seemed like a good first step kind of game. I know it wasn't the result you wanted, but just to prove that you can play this style of game, you can be that defensive, you can be that team in the neutral zone, you can out-hit the Kings, you can out-shoot the Kings, you can do all of those things right against a really good Los Angeles team. I think that that's all positive signs that the Kraken can take from here. I, um, I think if the, if the Kraken play this basically exactly this way for the rest of the season, every game, they're winning at least five of the seven, probably six. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, you probably split with Vegas at the end. That's what it, exactly, yeah. and that would be six of the seven. Yeah, exactly. So I'm right there with you, bud. Uh, the rest of the league stole all the goals from Jake. They did indeed. They really, they they really did. They were just like, oh, you guys on the West Coast, nothing for you. We want to make sure everybody on the East Coast can go to bed early. That's what they said. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, Harley, despite the L, in my opinion, the game was consistent and back and forth. Uh, decent efforts in offense and defense. Jonesy uh, took on some great grabs. The Kraken crowd fam were loud. Love it. Uh, yes, let's talk a little bit about Martin Jones. I talked about him a little bit earlier. Haven't really talked about him with you yet. But I thought Martin Jones actually looked really good in this game. 
Yeah, he looked solid. He looked like Martin Jones against the Kings, you know, that, that we know and, and love. Um, yeah, I, I thought he was really solid in this one. The glove grabs, as mentioned, you know, some really good glove saves, especially moving laterally in his net. Um, yeah, just seemed really solid in his positioning. And, I mean, you, you look at the two that beat him. It was on a really lucky bounce where he had zero chance. Uh, and then a shot that was just perfect, you know, right far down and, and off a turnover that's tough to stop. So um, I, I'm happy with this game. Yeah, we did talk Ty and I anyway, and I don't know if Ty's still kicking around in here or not, but we did talk about on that first one, if you know the difference between him and Grubauer in a situation like that. And I do kind of maybe agree with Ty that Grubauer's maybe going to play back a little bit more in that one, try to find his posts a little bit, not look as surprised that there's a king and the puck there as maybe Jones looked on that one. Yeah, probably. But again, you look at Dursey, I think he had circled behind the net too. Yeah. That's just not a position where you're going to see the player coming. It is so yeah. difficult. And it was, it was a defensive breakdown coming off of a bad turnover in the offensive zone for Maddie. So it was like that whole play was kind of all the momentum was going against the crack in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see here. Hey, being a wild card team also means a better draft pick. So who really loses? <laughs> from light <laughs> exactly in this draft rj every every little bit helps in this draft uh there really was a lot of um women in the arena which is awesome from daniel so yeah so we got and then i'll go go down to jules here and then we'll talk uh man climate pledge arena is such a better arena and atmosphere than crypto arena the king's fans around me were nicer than they are at home uh well i'm definitely happy to hear that but yeah because I believe it was both of your first games uh, at CPA. Obviously, hope you had a good time. You at least got a Kraken goal to celebrate and see what the atmosphere is like yep. when, that, when that happens. That's pretty cool. And, hey, you saw a power play goal. There's only like, I don't know, 12 people on this planet who could say they saw one of those this year. So that's really yeah. dope too. Uh, but I, I hope you both enjoyed the game there a lot. But, yeah, I do agree. I mean, Climate Pledge has a fantastic atmosphere. It does. It really does. And as someone who's been to over 40 games at both Climate Pledge and Staples Center, then to be Crypto.com uh, Arena, like I can say the atmosphere is definitely better here just about every game. Yeah, it, it's light years better, in my opinion. Um, let's see here. Uh, the Kraken don't even need to win all the games they're supposed to win to eliminate Nashville and Calgary. And those teams probably aren't winning all the rest of their games. No need to panic. It's from uh, Vaharin. I agree. Uh, I'm right there with you. That's kind of what we were talking about. Um, Fire, what's up? Have you been to a Firebirds game? I have not, but it looks cool. Yes, I went to their home opener back in december and it was a ton of fun it was a lot of fun um we talked about it on the deep dive around that time back in december but it was it was really cool i got a bunch of like pictures and video from it there if you're interested in checking that out it's it's elsewhere on the channel you just gotta go back to december um but uh that's our podcast by the way uh the, um but yes they are they are a ton of fun i do suggest if you're ever like in the area it's it's definitely worth going to uh, it's a beautiful new arena. The atmosphere is a lot of fun. The team is fantastic. And that certainly doesn't hurt anything either. Uh, but yeah, the, the Firebirds games are really, really fun. Really, really cool. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll be able to get out there for a playoff game. Who knows? Yeah, depending uh, on how things go. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have to see how everything goes with the Kraken. They kind of take priority. Um, yep. <laughs> Edward, Kraken benefiting from banking those points from the fifth and set uh, from the five and seven game win streaks in November and then historic road win streak in January. Absolutely. This is why RJ and I think I said it towards the beginning of the year or back when the Kraken were on those uh, winning streaks. 
Two points is two points. Doesn't matter if it happens opening night or the last day of the season. I know it feels like all these games are somehow more important and more magnified, but if you take care of business earlier in the year, so you don't have to worry about things here, like that's a benefit. And I feel that way about all sports, like the Mariners winning opening night. Like that's a great thing because that win counts the same as the win, you know, in like, uh, August when you're trying to fight for a playoff spot. So uh, I'm in favor of the teams that try to start off hot because I think that can only help you later on. I, I get why if your team doesn't, you want to like kind of go like, oh, it's okay. You know, you get them later kind of thing, but it's early. But the bottom line is no, they all count the same and you want them. Yeah, it saves a lot of pressure and a lot of panic down the stretch too. If the Kraken had, you know, seven or eight fewer points than they have right now, I mean, we're, we're in full-on panic mode after this loss, and, and the team is too, even though they played a pretty good game. So it's what allows you you know, to feel okay after a game like this. Yeah, for sure. Light, if you all want to see a funny pick, check the Kraken chat in the Discord. Oh boy, what am I going to find when I check that after <laughs> this light? Uh, Jake, I'm sad I never made a Firebirds game this season. There's still time, Jake. There's still time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, well, is, wasn't it, is today the end of their regular season, actually? Or, oh, no, um, I'm confusing it with Major Junior, I think. Yeah. Because uh, they, they just started. I think they still have a little ways to go. Yeah, they got a little bit. So, there's, I mean, there's potentially still time, Jake. Uh, and then Fire saying, yeah, isn't Joey on the Firebirds? He's pretty good. Yes, Joey's there uh, with the Firebirds. Chris Drieger is actually there, kind of rehabbing back uh, from that ACL injury he suffered last offseason. So, uh, I mean, and and just the, the Firebirds are fantastic. I mean, they're they're fighting for the best record in the entire AHL. They're two points behind Calgary right now for that best um, that best mark, but they have a game in hand on Calgary. Just happens to be in the Pacific Division with them. Like it's an incredible race that they're going uh, that they're working on right now here in the AHL. Calgary though on a streak, they're ten o o and one. RJ, oh, last little yeah. Bit. There, there have been some heated games between the, the Firebirds and Wranglers, too. They're, they're pretty good rivals already. Yeah, but uh, definitely. I mean, the Firebirds are a fantastic uh, team to watch. Coach, great. They got a great roster, especially in net with Joey and Chris Drieger right now. It's it's fantastic. Uh, Habak, I believe the Kraken are purposely throwing these games to solidify being a wild card spot so they can be on the road the entire playoffs and win the Cup. So brave of them. Yes, very brave. I mean, but hey, you know, I, I think... We, we debated a few weeks ago, like, oh, might it actually be better that they start on the road? I have no doubts in my mind whatsoever now. I think it is better that they start on the road. Yes, it has gone from, like, YouTube clickbaity thumbnail territory to, like, yeah, this needs to be the plan. Like, it better be the plan. <laughs> uh Ty, need to plug some WHL playoffs. Also, if you're in the neighborhood, you really should go. Seattle has a stacked roster, but Everett is Everett, lol. <laughs> yes, but that, that is definitely true. If you are in the greater Seattle area or in the Pacific Northwest there, um, WHL playoffs, I mean, that is fantastic. Good hockey. You're going to be seeing the stars of the NHL tomorrow, all that kind of good stuff. I could go back to all the all the things they would tell us, and they were always pitching the parents at the, the combines back when I was a scout. Uh, but uh, the bottom line is it's really, really good hockey. They're phenomenal players. It's all great stuff way more affordable than going to an NHL game too. So if you just want to either be around the sport and, and be exposed to it, have fun with hockey, take a friend who's maybe on the fence about whether they like hockey or whatever it is. WHL, the fact that you have so many options and good teams up there, especially, especially now that it's the playoffs, that is fantastic for the Pacific Northwest. 
Yes, yeah, so many great junior hockey markets up here. And I was lucky enough to get to go to, because the Kraken were eliminated earlier last year, to get to go to some of the Thunderbirds playoff games, caught a few against Kamloops in that series. Just awesome, awesome hockey to watch. And I mean, this year's T-Birds team is so stacked. You're going to see a bunch of these guys in the NHL in a few years. And you're going to want to remember back, like, yeah, I saw this guy in juniors. You know, now he's playing in the NHL. Yeah, it's a lot cheaper to see them now than it's going to be yes. two years from now. <laughs> that is definitely the case. Uh, Ty saying Portland's up 2-0 versus the Tips in the first round. Once Seattle cleans up the West, I'll be on board for the Memorial Cup. Yeah, I mean, this Seattle team, it's probably got to be dub- like favorites in the WHL. I mean, they are they are absolutely – they've been killing it all season, and, and they've made so many moves to sell out for this year, RJ. I mean, it'll be it'll be down to them in Winnipeg. I got to imagine in the in the uh, yeah. WHL. I mean, they're they're among the most stacked junior teams that I can remember. I mean, just how they've loaded up this year, um, it's it's incredible. Yeah, and as Ty's also pointing out here at the bottom, major junior hockey just feels different, but in a good way. The boys skate for it every time the games are a hoot. Yeah, because these are all guys trying to get drafted in the NHL, so that's pretty good motivation, or prove to their NHL team that they're ready for next year. So that's also pretty good motivation for all of them. But then you you mix it with like kind of like a like a minor league, you know, we're all here to have fun, family kind of fun atmosphere, and it just creates this really special product. Uh, it's I love major junior hockey. It's so much fun. Um, absurdly saying Firebirds have five more home games in the regular season. Cool. So see, there's there is still time for anybody who wants to get out there for a game. Because uh, yeah, their their first half of the season was all road games, so it makes sense the back ha- the back end of the season is all home games. Yeah. Um, Jules, not sure if you all talked about this beforehand. Feels like the energy did change after Yanni got into a fight. I would hope the guys would have tried to spark more energy sooner in the second. I talked about this a little bit earlier, RJ. Do you want to give your thoughts on it now? Yeah, no, I think Yanni did get the guys going there. And, and again, it was by driving to the net and trying to force the issue. And the Kings took exception. And I mean, just, I, I think someone posted just like a, a gif of the Tasmanian devil or whatever. But it was taken both linesmen and a few Kings players just to subdue him a little bit. And, and he was chirping with barking with Dursey back and forth. And that went on for I don't know how much the broadcast showed, but it went on for about a minute after it started. A solid minute because I took a video of the whole thing and then like finally they get Gord to all right go away go back toward the bench and he's halfway to the bench he circles back again toward Jersey and they start barking at each other some more I mean it was extended and I think it got everyone going yes yes it, we, we had a lot of fun talking about it too it's it's Yanni being Yanni love it yep Just love it that's nothing else I can say uh Stratic the in arena crowd intensity is great for the Thunderbirds and Psy I guess Everett too but also saying, if you're going to an Everett Silver Tips game, hope you like bells. Oh yeah, be ready for the bells. If you if you can't handle those, do not go. Yeah, or just you know, bring bring earplugs or. or that, you're gonna need some strong earplugs, man. <laughs> I don't know. I, I go to metal shows. I can handle it. I think. Uh, Bach, any chance we see Cole Lind on the team soon or in the playoffs? Probably not. He's been a big part of the Firebird success down in the AHL. My guess is they're going to want to keep him there for the Firebirds run. I mean, obviously, if there's like a big string of injuries with the Kraken, which knocking on wood won't happen, um, you know, never rule, never say never. But the bottom line is, I think that's where Colin's going to be the rest of the season, just like with like Joey and Chris Drieger, like that's really just where they're going to be the rest of this year. Yeah, exactly. That's where the team wants them. That's where they're going to be. 
Yeah. All right. Real. Uh, we'll do a quick last call here. If you have got any uh, question or comments you want read out, well, this is the time. Uh, but otherwise, RJ, I mean, this was an interesting game for the Kraken. They did so many things right. They showed a lot of promise for me as for what we could you know, maybe see from them in the playoffs. But then there was also just enough of a few things, you know, like talking about them not taking advantage and getting creative offensively. I spent a lot of time earlier breaking down their first power play chance and kind of how horrible that was. Uh, so there was just still enough things that, that they still have to work on that makes me kind of pump the brakes as far as like, wow, this could be that next like 2012 Kings team that's just going to be this like wild card team that just to the moon, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I think you're right on that. And um, looking at this game, they really uh, they faced a higher level of competition in, in the way the Kings play tonight than what they had faced previously. Um, and so it's just kind of a, a new level that they've got to figure out and, and work past. And I think it's good for them to experience this right now um, and, and, and kind of work on that style of game and, and figure out how they're going to move past it. They're not going to get a whole lot of practice on that until Vegas at the very end of the season. But there are lessons you got to keep in mind uh, from this game that you got to carry forward to the playoffs. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, Yanni's the best at making friends from jewels for sure. Who, I, he's so lovable, right? Yeah. Like, come on, who wouldn't want to be friends with him? Um, and then, uh, fire. I've seen clips of Cameron Hughes and he seems like he would be great on the Kraken. Uh, he scored in person for at that one firebirds game that I was at. Was he the first goal? In the building? I think he I was. Believe, too, I yeah, I think he was. I think he scored one or two in the games I that I went to here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he seems to always score when we're, when we're around. Yeah, so that bodes well because, you know, odds are RJ will at least always be there uh, for most games if he was if he was with yeah. the Kraken. But, yeah, I, I know our photographer, Jen, uh, who, who goes watches a lot of Firebirds hockey, is definitely a fan of his as well. Yeah, he's he's got that good mix of, you know, being able to be physical and kind of go in there and have that presence. But he also he finds those like open soft spots on the ice really well. He can just kind of park himself there. I do think that like in a game like tonight where the Kraken struggled with maybe finding any room down low or maybe towards the slot a little bit, players like Cameron Hughes would maybe, you know, help out or Jagger Furcus a couple years from now. Uh, that's those that's their opportunity to shine, especially on a power play. But yeah, you can't argue with 51 points in 54 games for Cameron Hughes right now for the Firebirds yeah. so far this season. All right. And then uh, last one. Don't have to answer this now, but please talk about Borgen contracts sometime. Put it on the deep dive docket. We can do yep. that. Yeah. No, that'll be a good one to cover on the deep dive. Yeah. All right. Then I think that's good. Oh, go for it. One more thing before we go. Just want to wish a quick happy birthday to my dad today. It's his birthday today. So just want to say happy birthday, dad. I know you're watching this. Awesome. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, yes. Uh, so that's going to do it for this one, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us for this post game and we will see you all next time.